Now I remember why, what was my original objection to TM, my pursuit. My pursuit, was I being sincere? Because I didn't accept enlightenment, because you have to have 100% acceptance. Mother Nature won't tolerate 99%. You have to accept enlightenment when it's given to you. 100% with 100% surety, certainty, that you know you're doing the right thing. Because it's a non-reversible decision. It's like suicide. You don't get to go back. And my doubt, my original doubt, was my sincerity. I was not sincere. I was using TM to run away from my problems instead of solving them because I was a child. How, How am I supposed to solve problems when I'm not in control of the source of the problem? I probably should have run away from home first at the age of six, but I knew I couldn't because I was born with a weak nervous system. So, nothing in this life has been perfect, right? It's never been ideal. Here I am, 66, 60 years later, living in my car and loving it. Despite the suffering I go through, it teaches me so much on how to live because I was dying before I got evicted. And I was afraid I'd die if I was evicted. That's why I put it off for a year. But it turns out I already was dying because I wasn't living. My mother walked around in a unheated home with a little room heater she'd pull from one room to the next as she did her chores playing housewife as daddy went off to work to support the family a blue collar job in the 50s you know you could do that you could get away with it an unheated home here I am sleeping in my car and I'm reveling in the cold because I know it's purifying all the yogis you know, they go up to the Himalayas and they sit bare ass naked in the snow and melt it true I'm no yogi like that right I'm a westerner a little soft around the edges but it teaches you how to take care of yourself in ways that living in a plush building won't teach you and so I'm learning I'm learning about diet I'm supposed to eat because I ate something spoiled the other day and got terribly sick it came from the market spoiled It was not sterilized before packaging, or if it was, (laughs) the packaging was poor. But in any case, I got sick from it, very sick. So it taught me what I already knew is I can't tolerate starches. I can't digest them. Ever since the antifreeze poisoning 20 years ago, my ability to break down starch is like zero. And so I'm making hooch inside of me just because I continue to eat starch and it ferments because I can't break it down. So there you go. I'm an alcoholic now. And I'm addicted to eating starts in order to maintain my alcoholic habit. And it's very hard to give that up. But living under these circumstances and getting sick, there's no room for alcohol suppressing the immune system. There's no tolerance uh, wiggle room. It, can't, it doesn't happen. You want to minimize that and, and boost your immunity. And the only way to do that is to be sober. <laughs> For starters, 
Yeah, it'd be a good first step. Oh, I just realized something. The Y doesn't open. <laughs> I'm too early. It's a Saturday. <laughs> I'll have to think of something else. Okay. Well, I'm doing a recording here. <clears throat> so, what I got out of this is I want to live in a house. I want to buy a house and live in it by day, but sleep in a screened-off patio by night have a carpenter put in flooring and walls so that no bugs can creep through and I'm not even sure I want screens because tiny little gnats can come through a screen I learned that living up in Washington State all you need is a light inside and in come the bugs so I'm not sure about that but it needs to be um, adjusted or uh, renovated from an outside section of the house like a patio because it's the only place where heating ducts go, don't go. I tried all this already. I think living with uh, my parents. No, yeah, no, living with my mom in her last home. <clears throat> it doesn't work because the heat comes through the duct no matter how many layers. No, it was when I went to college. That was it. I didn't want the heat. I wanted the windows open and the cold air coming in. So I put plastic over the heater ducts and it didn't work because it's running through the walls, it's in your neighbor's rooms, it, it seeps in and it heats your place. And I don't know, I just couldn't make it the way I wanted it. <clears throat> so it made sense. Um, so I need a home in which I can put in an adjustment to a patio to make it my bedroom. And then I do my business in the daytime, and then I don't have to work a slave job by, by day and risk getting myself in hurt because it's, it's a risky business <laughs> to life limit and whatnot. And I've learned other things, so like a, the value of a negative ion generator, and they make good ones for cars. They never make good ones for homes. I don't know, maybe they've improved. The ones they make for homes are all ozonators, and they're a waste of time. But the ones for the cars are always ma made correctly. Um, I have that nearby. I mean, I'm born adequately healthy. N excuse me, ad inadequately healthy. So I have to have all these protocols that I have to follow. But it doesn't mean I hate myself for what <clears throat> I've been put through. I can't afford to hate myself. I can't afford to hate what I'm going through. I have to love it and adjust and learn from it. Because as a Boy Scout, I'm a survivor. I need to learn from other people's mistakes imposed upon me. It's an opportunity. And I really like this opportunity. It's taught me how to eat, how to sleep. Um, and I may be fixing a major problem about my job. I, I'm, I'm paying through the nose a rental car. It's unbelievable. I'm paying nearly as much rent as my trustee used to pay for my apartment. Almost the same amount. Between the car payments on the dead car and the rental payments on the rental car, it comes to $1,800 a month. And that's $70 short of, shy of what my, or $90 or whatever, 60 
of what my rent was before I was evicted. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. <clears throat> but I'm having somebody look into it. Maybe I can get out of this rental business. A little late after three months, but better late than never, right? <clears throat> uh, oh, boy. So, that's my story. And I, I love my diet. I'm learning. I'm learning how to take care of myself. <clears throat> I mean, it's it's a great opportunity. Really ought to try it sometime. <laughs> try car camping. It's a real uh, soul builder. My ex never liked it. Oh, she hated it. <laughs> she threw a grapefruit at me. And then I, I thought of James Cagney shoving a, gra uh, a cut grapefruit into his girlfriend's, his character girlfriend's face in one of his uh, gangster movies. And I thought, oh shit, <laughs> my ex is now a gangster. <laughs> it's official. <laughs> I laugh because there's so much truth to it. <laughs> she was uh, beat up by her foster siblings. So she acquired a persona she never had before that. A violent persona. And uh, it wasn't nice. <laughs> it wasn't nice living with it. <clears throat> but she had no awareness of it. She was uh, completely oblivious. I had to tell her what she did. She had no memory of what she said or did under those circumstances. So I don't mind a home, and I know where I would get it, too. A nice little home, well water, you know, something that I can accept on my terms, to live out the remainder of my life on my terms, you know. I should uh, live a comfortable life. I, I shouldn't have to put up with nonsense. And I've been putting up with nonsense for like, I don't know, 11, 12 years. <clears throat> and it's not my ex. <laughs> it's somebody my ex and I both agree should never have had the job. But you know, maybe it was meant to be that it had to be this way. Something we couldn't learn because she couldn't learn it with me. Because she's... She was, um, she was born under different circumstances. Yeah, I'm not a normal person, I have to admit. And you'd have to be really in love with me, to really in love with me, to want to live under my um, standards. Because I'm trained like um, a combat, you know, like a soldier, you know. I, I've had to, by necessity, learn self-discipline. Uh, from the age of 15 on because I was ignored from the age of 2 on and I wasn't going to wait in, around anymore for grown-ups to look after me and take care of me so I mean I was being taken care of in, but only in a roommate sensibility <clears throat> you know as a favor to a friend you, you let a friend sleep on the couch that's basically I felt like a piece of furniture and that's about all I I got from my family before it went nasty. <laughs> then it got worse.
But before it got worse, I was just a piece of furniture that everybody preferred to ignore. And I was ignored. And forgotten. Left at home. <laughs> left at the schoolyard. Oh, boy. <clears throat> I was Mr. Invisible. Which I've gotten used to, right? You know? A sapling grows a certain way. Even if it's misshapen, it, it becomes accustomed to that shape. And then you can't change it once the trunk is shaped that way. Without breaking the tree. <clears throat> and suicide is not an option. Nope. So. That's my update for the morning. Um, so I'm... I'm literally returning back to a fruit and vegetable diet. That's what's so peculiar. And I, I did it as a, a teenager, but I couldn't see how to make it work. Well, there were two th uh, There were a couple of things missing. Um, I've taken a fancy to candy ginger, but only when necessary, because it's pretty weird stuff when it's treated with sulfur dioxide but it has to be treated I wouldn't have it any other way and vitamin C lozenges who knew and borax because the two complement each other um, you know things like that and then low protein foodstuffs you know no, no cashews apparently which I love. <laughs> no sunflower seeds. More like coconut and avocado, which are low in protein. Because I don't need protein <coughs> to push me along. You're like a caffeine fix. That's, that's literally the way we use protein in the West. Is we overconsume protein as a as a adjunct or substitute for caffeine. <coughs> and when you look at the chemistry, I'm not saying this off the cuff. There's a, a chemi chemical reason why I say this. When you look at the chemistry of amino acids, you take away the acid, what are you left with? Amine. I-N-E ending. Same as adrenaline, nicotine, caffeine. Those are all uppers. Some of them natural, some of them man-made. <clears throat> and some of them taken for granted, such as amino acids. I mean, we literally overconsume protein because it's an upper. It it gives us a rush. I know the feeling. I, I, I'm I'm like anybody else except I'm sensitive and I no, make note of the things that I observe. And I've always observed that protein accelerates met metabolic rate. But you know, there's another way to accelerate metabolic rate, and it's not an upper. It's called potassium iodide. So you see, there are alternatives to upping the, the metabolic rate without having to do the things that are not healthy, such as eating too much protein. There's enough protein in a banana. If you had enough calories, eating enough bananas to get the calorie intake that you need, you know, what is it, two, 3,000 calories? There's adequate protein when you do the math. <clears throat> but nobody does the math. And nobody eats that many bananas. <laughs> Unless you're an orangutan or something. <laughs> I know, because a nutritionist was trying to force-feed me calories. My mom hired her to get me to gain weight. 
And the only food I could force feed myself with a clear conscience was bananas. So I force fed myself bananas. And I started putting on weight. You can't be done. Of course, I felt like shit <laughs> because I was being still expected to live in our society and behave like a normal person. And if you're living on fruit, you can forget it. You're not going to fit in no matter how hard you try. You're going to be yourself. And you're not going to be like anybody else. And if somebody's expecting you to fit in like my mother was expecting me to fit in and, and put on weight, it ain't going to happen. And so she toted me around. She drove the car and I laid there. And I felt miserable being dragged around by her because she was trying to fit me into her shoes. And it's not going to happen. She was so pompous. I mean, she was a pompous ass. I might as well say it. She was a pompous ass thinking that, oh, I don't need my husband anymore. He's dead. <laughs> I wore him out. And I'm good enough. I'm all that my son needs. Yeah, right. Bogus. She didn't raise me. My father raised me through her. She did all the work and he gave the orders. And without him giving the orders, she started doing her own thing. And it didn't work. It worked for my brother, but it didn't work for me. And it doesn't work for me because I came along in the marriage 10 years after they got married. Whereas my brother came along much sooner, or seven years after the marriage, eight years. Um, actually nine. I came along in the marriage about eight and a half years after they got married. And my brother was uh, one and a half, <laughs> a lot sooner. <clears throat> and, you got, and that's not counting uh, gestation, nine months. So he, he came in right after they got married. So I, I'm not the same person as my brother. It's, I mean, you know, eight, nine years of a raw food, spoiled, alcohol-laden, vegan raw food diet. Yeah, you, I, I'd say I'm a different person than my brother, big time. It's fermented grape juice blended 50-50 with fermented carrot juice. We were drinking wine as our sole, sauce of sole source of carbohydrates. Wine and, and carrot juice fermented all the way. And fermented apples and all the other fruit we were eating, all of it fermented, especially in the summertime. Living in a cold building that was not heated. I mean, those were the conditions prior to my just conception. And seven years, you know, you get a changeover of body cells in, in about seven years. My, my mother had a completely different body. But it was an alcoholic body, fasting on a raw food vegan diet. And in those days, they didn't have superfoods like we have today. They didn't have health... Well, they did have health food stores, but <laughs> good luck finding them. No, my... my uh, my father's idea of a health food store was going to the produce section of, uh, no, actually it was going to the, uh, the open air markets on Western Avenue in LA and buying fruits, vegetables and nuts and whatnot by the case and by the bag. He bought in bulk and stored everything in the garage so it could ferment. And to save money, because he was a blue-collar worker. 
supporting a whole family on his single income as a draftsman. Can you imagine? Can you imagine now getting by on a single income? A wife, two kids, a draftsman? Give it a rest. Shit. I can't even make adequate funds living homeless in my car, a rental car, because it's chewing up all my funds, I suppose. But supporting a family? Well, if I was 30 years younger, that's true. (laughs) My father died. He was 41. He never made it past 41. He died of a broken heart. He stopped taking care of himself, and then he just got sick and died. Oh, well... But I can appreciate what I've been put through because I really needed to be put through it. And that's the whole point of this recording. With my sore throat and uh, I had a tail end of uh, food poisoning. (laughs) Boy, I'm not going to buy that shit again. And I probably won't because it was a sesame seed confection. And what am I eating sesame seeds for? I don't need to. I don't need protein and I don't need fat. Not in that quantity. No, I need things like... Vitamin C lozenges. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I went and I got canned tomatoes. Diced tomatoes organic with herbs and garlic. Oh, it was beautiful. Just eating out of a can. A simple can of tomatoes. It's true. The first can I had for lunch had borax in it. I put it in. But the second one, I decided to take a break for dinner and not have any borax in it. It was beautiful. It was actually the most beautiful meal on the planet. A simple can of diced stewed tomatoes. My mom made stewed tomatoes and I loved it. Probably one of the few things she made that I loved. Everything else, meat, meat, bacon, eggs. Ah, shit. Who needs that shit? Yeah, just simple things. Oh, well, what can you do? Live in the world, but not be of it. And in my case, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> I don't. I can't hide it, right? It's not a question of consciousness. When Charlie Lutz made that statement, he was talking about consciousness. But me, it's a fact of life. It's a lifestyle. I, I don't fit in, and I know it. <coughs> All I had to do <coughs> was go live in a university for two years at a dorm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like anybody else. I kept wanting to be alone because everybody was so different. I didn't like it. I didn't like be, uh, trying to mix because I just stuck out like a sore thumb. I was so different. And there's no getting around it. Yeah, I can't change. I couldn't change then. What, I'm going to change now? <laughs> I was 17. What was it? How old? No, 19. 19 when I went to college. Yeah, if I couldn't change then, well, what the fuck is anybody trying to change me now for? <laughs> stupid. Somebody had a stupid idea. Well, you know, it's love knows no reason, right? It knows loyalty. That's what it knows. So, yeah, it's stupid. But when you've got somebody who wants to be loyal, who is loyal, for no good reason or no reason at all. For no reason. It's just a loyalty thing. That's love. And that's a good thing. <laughs>